0: I'm not uh, saying I'm a pessimist. All I'm saying is you got to have a little bitter so you can taste the sweet.
1: Oh, I like that. I like that. Well, so for this uh, (laughs) episode, we're breaking from our usual format where we bring you two new cryptocurrencies. And we're actually going to go back through the archive. And we both looked at each cryptocurrency that we presented on previous episodes. And we want to see where are they now?
0: Ogden, Brian, and their guests are not registered investment advisors. Nothing discussed today should be relied on for investment decisions, nor is it investment advice. This show is for informational and entertainment purposes only. Please work directly with an investment professional.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Crypto Safari Podcast, where we bask under the DeFi sun, soaking up those gains, and buying those delicious dips that others are afraid to touch. My name is Bogdan, and as always here, I have Brian with me. How's it going, Bry?
0: Going very well, Bogdan. It's
1: been a year. It has been a year, and what a year it has been. I'm so pumped for this episode because we're doing something special this time.
0: We are, you know, and I think it's appropriate to, you know, take a look back after a year has gone by and you know see how much you've grown how much money you've lost in the market
1: <laughs> i was gonna say <laughs> how much how much money you've grown i mean i've grown as a person yeah. but my wallet has not grown a lot
0: wiser and a lot poorer after this year um but no it's interesting to you know to see how these uh projects and markets um you know behave over a year and, and what happens and you know, we started this year full of uh, piss and vinegar, optimistic and and ready to to conquer the the blockchain world financially, podcastly. Is that mm-hmm. a word? Can I use that? Um, and uh, you know, it's been kind of a uh, kind of a flat year all around. I mean, not for us. Our lives have been amazing, but just the market. Um, you know, it's it's been just not exciting <laughs> in a lot of ways, isn't it? This you're bad such a, news you're such bad a downer,
1: news. Brian. I, I feel like stuff has actually, a lot of stuff has happened. I mean, beyond just market caps and money, a lot of stuff, a lot of progress has been made on a lot of cryptocurrency. So you know me, I'm an eternal optimist. I'm thinking, hey, look at how much has been built this year.
0: I'm not uh, saying I'm a pessimist. All I'm saying is you, you got to have a little bitter so you can taste the sweet.
1: Oh, I like that. I like that. Well, so for this, uh episode, we're breaking from our usual format where we bring you two new cryptocurrencies, and we're actually going to go back through the archive and we both looked at each cryptocurrency that we presented on previous episodes, and we want to see where are they now? What's what has happened? Anything notable? Maybe some of them have just kind of stayed the same. That's also okay. Just to put this in perspective, though. I looked up the Bitcoin and Ethereum prices when we started, when we first launched this podcast, Bitcoin was at $38,000, it is now at 16000 and Ethereum was at $2,800, and now it's at $1,100. Jeez. So it's, it's taken a little bit of a tumble, but beyond price, a lot has happened. So for example... Ethereum did the biggest upgrade in its entire history from proof of work to proof of stake. Like, that's an epic, monumental upgrade. So we'll Mm -hmm. talk about stuff like that on this episode. Um, To kick things off, though, I will start with the first cryptocurrency I ever covered, which Mm. was ThorChain. And basically, this cryptocurrency was intended to help you swap tokens cross-chain. So, for example, you could swap your Ethereum to avalanche you could swap your avalanche to say tama i don't know whatever it was um it uses uh basically this thing called the cosmos sdk and that basically allows you to have like a decentralized exchange similar to uniswap and on this one i feel like it could be valuable in the future especially with ftx collapsing mm-hmm. and the debacle of like it being a centralized exchange but also, on the other hand, ever since I presented on this, remember how often we talked about these bridges? Like, yeah, they've, they've become so popular. So it's like, don't the bridges kind of solve the same problem as what Thorchain is meant to solve?
0: Well, I mean, they have become popular, but they are still a um a soft point for hackers. I don't know if you remember over the year, a lot of bridges were being hacked, coins taken. It's it's. It's a weak point in the infrastructure, and it's been a security uh, opportunity um, for a lot of different people to take advantage of most of the big hacks this year happened on bridges.
1: That's true. And Thorchain, to my knowledge, hasn't been hacked uh, from what I could find on the interwebs. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has actually it recently had a bug in the software, and they shut it down uh, for about twenty hours and fixed the bug. So, you know, there are still issues. They are still developing it. It does still rank. Its market rank is still number 72. So it's still in the top 100. Mm-hmm. Um, but my kind of confidence in it isn't quite as high as it used to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. So that's ThorChain. What, what do you have for us?
0: Yeah, let me let me go back in time to the beginning of the year. Uh, the first project I covered was Saitama.
1: So good. <laughs>
0: so good. Yeah. I mean, it's been a it's been a tumultuous year for the Saitama project and the team. Um, you know, I had a lot of high hopes. There was a lot of hype around this token. And not just me. I mean, there was a ton of YouTube channels, a huge community. Everybody was fired up. It was going to be the next like Dogecoin or Shiba Inu. And then it just was just one bad thing after the other, not to be Debbie Donner again, but it was just... What,
1: what was real quick, what was the purpose of Saitama for those who might not have listened to that episode?
0: Yeah, okay. So Saitama was a community-driven token. You can call it an altcoin, but it was basically their mission statement was to educate new investors. And their whole deal was they were going to have a, uh, an app that allows you to buy and sell tokens, kind of like an exchange. And so that was going to be their their marquee product that was going to bring all this stuff together, um, and that was pretty much it. That's all they had was just this idea of a community driven token and this product that was going to allow people to go on there and buy and trade crypto. And their big thing is they were going to let you use a credit card to buy mm. crypto. And the, there wasn't a lot of co- a lot of projects doing that, and so that was kind of kind of a big deal. And they had a bunch of other features that they were touting. And uh, you know what happened was. There was all this buildup to the hype in, in the launch. Yes, the uh, launch the party. Oh, please yeah, tell us about party. the launch it was a party again. Debacle! It was just a mess, and it was a launch party. And the product, the app, wasn't ready, so the app didn't get launched. They had a launch party, but it was just covered really poorly. Like it was a few YouTubers with their phones, and they're at this uh, hotel in Vegas. Everybody was drunk, very unprofessional, and in the next day, like the the whole the price is tanked. And ever since then, it's been, it's just like this, they'll take two steps forward, one step back, something will happen, something, you know, it was just, there's a lot of FUD. I mean, it was just a, you know, we talk about, um, you know, the community and we talk about, you know, the people involved in the project. And in the beginning, like, I didn't have like a lot of confidence in the people involved in the team, but I was like, well, eh, you know, everybody else seems pretty confident, but I just got like a bad feeling about them. But I was like, well, like, hey, I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. and it turns out that you know the team wasn't that great and they lost members and one of the guys was kind of like i don't know he's been accused of all sorts of things it's, it's just been like this total soap opera and so but anyways they're they're still around i mean one thing they did do is they um they created a new contract for themselves so apparently like when they started this project um they didn't own the contract so they, they created a new contract and what they did is they cut down the circulating supply by a lot and that was a huge deal and so at the beginning they had like 670 trillion tokens out there that were minted trillion, trillion trillion yeah and so they brought that down to 38 billion tokens which is pretty good yep and then they did like an airdrop so if you had tokens in your wallet you would get airdropped the same value but your you know your amount of tokens would be down to reflect the circulating supply Um, And so, you know, it's been, I mean, here's the thing. They were ranked at 2,858 at the beginning of the year. Now they're ranked at 369. Oh, that's amazing. But here's the thing. Back then their market cap was 1 billion. Now it's 41 million. Yeah, but everyone's market cap has gone down by a lot. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, they're still hanging around. Um, The price is at 0.001. Um, before I had like eight zeros in front mm-hmm. of it. But, you know, this it's all relative to the outstanding circulating supply. So, um, you know, they're still trying to do things. Um, I saw that it was up like 13% this last week. Mm-hmm. So are you,
1: let, let me ask you this. Are you bullish or bearish on it? Are you going to buy some more Saitama or are you done? More.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to buy more. Um, what I have is what I have. And I'm going to, I, I made the mistake of buying more Saitama every time like I thought something was going to happen. And I kept putting money in, I'm like putting money in, I'm like, okay, you know, you know, it's like, it's like going out into the ocean into the breakers, and you go out too far, and it's just too far to swim back, and you got to keep swimming past where the waves are breaking, and the next thing you know, you're out in the ocean floating, and, and that's where I ended up. (laughs) So, <laughs> i love it you yeah. sound you sound very beat down by that one uh, you know it uh, was tough out. man like i had yeah. a lot of high hopes and uh you know it was weird because you're just like you're all hyped up and like oh it's gonna happen because they would get you all pumped up and like oh we're gonna do this tomorrow next week and they're all like you got all these sponsors and all this stuff and then like, nothing would happen you're just like after yeah. a while i like, just stopped paying attention to them. like these guys are full of shit because they kept like hyping shit up and not delivering consistently yeah.
1: Yep, yep. Anyway. Yeah.
0: That's say Tama. Um, definitely um bullish. I mean, sorry, bearish. And <laughs> we'll see what happens, man. You never know. I'm not selling.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, good, good. Um, all right. Well, the next one that I have here is Avalanche. Um, this was part of our L one versus L two uh kind of debate. Yeah. And so Avalanche is a layer one blockchain solution, and its claim to fame is that it's the Fastest blockchain as measured by time to finality, meaning by the time it takes for the transaction to be final. Um, and the way it does this is it has three blockchains running in the background. So on the episode, I explained how those work. Um, its market cap was $15 billion, uh when I presented on it. It went up to $28 billion. Ooh. So this was, I dropped some serious alpha here where, you know, like if you had gotten in when I was covering Avalanche, you could have probably made a good amount of money. Now, however, it's down to 3.5 billion uh, market cap. So it's still, it's still up there. Uh, Market rank is 18 right now. So it's still in the top 20. Um, A few developments that I found out about recently is that they actually just launched a mobile Avalanche wallet. So this will allow you to Mm -hmm. use all the decentralized apps on the Avalanche network. Uh, on your mobile. So that's pretty good, you know, for user adoption. Um, They also launched this learn and earn program with Robinhood. So Mm -hmm. basically Mm -hmm. uh, on the Robinhood platform, you can learn about crypto and you can get uh, rewarded uh, using Avalanche. Uh, And then they also, I think this is probably the most important one maybe is uh, they're offering node as a service on the Alibaba Cloud. So basically what this means is it lets people operate a node uh simply by connecting to an already built architecture. So I didn't read too much into this but I'm assuming that uh you use the Alibaba Cloud as the node and you can run your own node using cloud services as opposed to having a super crazy, you know, rig at home or something like that. Um but that that has just yeah. been launched so they're they're still building. They're still doing good things. And I, I think that Avalanche is one of those cryptocurrencies that could potentially keep building and become really big.
0: Yeah, I agree hundred percent on that. I mean, you know, one of the things that happens in these like down markets is you it's it's like a wildfire. You know, you clear out a lot of dead wood, a lot of like, you know, projects aren't going anywhere. It's 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 a natural part of the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what we're seeing now is are the tokens, you know, that stayed in like the top 20 that actually have a real product, a real use case and are doing things. Um, that being said, I covered Polygon at the same time, and that was a layer two solution. And so, you know, layer two basically means that it, it's a scaling platform that rides on the back of Ethereum. Okay. And so it just connects other blockchains. So it's all about creating faster throughputs. I mean, one of the reasons Ethereum upgraded was because it was just super uh, slow and expensive to try to do any transactions. So layer two solutions like Polygon came along and have been really popular and Polygon, I got to admit, like I've been buying more this year because it just keeps like going up. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's taken some dips, but like consistently it's, it's been doing well and I've seen some pretty good bumps um, you know, recently in the news, it's just like two weeks ago, uh, you can stake Polygon on Coinbase now. Oh, um, they have a partnership with Walmart. They okay. have a partnership with Starbucks. That's awesome. They have a partnership with Disney, too. I remember reading about earlier this year. Yep. Yep. And if you remember correctly, um, Polygon, in the, their plan is to be a deflationary currency. So they're going to start taking coins out of circulation as part of like just their model. And so, I mean, right now um, let's take a look at what it's doing here. Um, so when I first started covering it, it was, yeah, I didn't have a rank for Polygon back then. Um, it's currently ranked number 10 now. Um, it was at 11 billion market cap, now it's at seven.
1: That's so it's still really good in yeah, this market.
0: That's what I'm saying. So it's still doing really good. I mean, it's down 72% over the year. Yeah. But I mean, right now I feel like Polygon's on sale.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm also I'm also very bullish on Polygon. Yeah. I've been reading a lot about it. Uh, it is going to be running uh, the blockchain for Instagram, so oh, Instagram wow. is going to be doing NFT type mm-hmm. of stuff on Instagram. So it's going to be powered by Polygon.
0: You know, I like them because they're making like real world like business connections outside of the crypto community. And that's just just making them more, um, you know, sticky and more intertwined. Not it's 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 about that those tentacles that spread out from crypto into other industries. And once you start making those connections, and you're the first one in these companies, like they're not going to switch to to another like you know, network or protocol. I mean they might,
1: but they might, but there's there's uh, you know, what's it called? There's a lot of lock in. So it's similar to when someone gets, you know, really hyped on the Apple ecosystem and they're like, uh, why don't you change
0: your phone? And you're like, if I change my phone, it's not gonna work with my computer, which isn't gonna work with my TV. Change my tablet. Yeah, exactly but also i mean we're talking about a company that's that's creating partnerships that actually create money and value Uh, most of the tokens that we covered were just like it's gonna it could do this it might do that you know i mean there's there's a benefit within the crypto community but outside of that there's really no use case and they're creating use cases outside of crypto which i like and so they're really thinking about like how can we add value to companies that are established and big and we're talking like fortune 500 companies yeah um, so yeah, I'm gonna keep buying Polygon. I, I have a feeling they're gonna be like one of the major players like the next five years, and I don't know they might overtake like Ethereum at some point.
1: I don't think they can overtake Ethereum because everything's written onto Ethereum from Polygon. So like as Polygon grows, it kind of helps Ethereum grow. But I think that they could overtake some of the other L1 solutions like a Solana, Avalanche, what? Phantom, etc.
0: Well, I, my overtake, I mean overtake in in market cap. And wow. price, because I mean, if you think about it, like Polygon, uh, Ethereum is is the base layer, right? And so it's going to be stable, secure, and it's just gonna be running like this, horizontal, maybe a little bump here for every update. But we're talking about actual users, and people in the network and, and value, I think Polygon could definitely overtake it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it. All
0: we'll, right. We'll, next... we'll come back to that in 2024.
1: Yes, we should. All yeah. right. Next I have uh we, we went a little off the walls and we covered some uh <laughs> some web three games. Mm. This was back when I was hyped on this game called Sheep Game. <laughs> and basically you buy your sheep, they're virtual sheep, not real sheep, you sheep. and you you shear your sheep and you make money on these virtual sheep and you know what turns out it was a ponzi scheme <laughs> who would it, why didn't you warn me brian why didn't you warn i did
0: me? man i told you man it, if you only sheep get sheared <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, uh, I i did get fleeced as you yeah, said if god um, didn't want them sheared He would not have made them sheep
1: <laughs> god made the virtual sheep for you bogdan <laughs> You are the shepherd. Yes. So this was a Ponzi scheme. It was on the Avalanche platform. Funny thing is, it's still going. So it collapsed completely. Everyone lost all their money. Uh, I still have my virtual sheep as consolation. Mm -hmm. But then someone rebooted this on the Ethereum blockchain. And so there are people still thinking that they're going to become rich by shearing these virtual sheep. And there's some
0: guy out there with some trimmers and just like be rich. (laughs)
1: When Lambo, when Lambo, when Lambo. Yes, exactly. So uh, yeah, this was unfortunate. It was a fun learning experience, learning about the economics. The biggest lesson that I learned from this, actually, which I'm taking into all my future investments is they made the mistake of thinking if they lower supply, it will increase the price of the token. And it didn't matter. yeah, they. it didn't matter that they were lowering the supply because demand wasn't going up. Demand was also going down. So I learned from that that just because something is deflationary doesn't mean like automatically buy into it because it also needs to be wanted popular in demand. Yeah,
0: if I'm on the street and I lower the price on dog turds, doesn't mean there's going to be a high demand for them.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: Yeah. Well, along the same line, um, I covered Axie Infinity, which was huge in 2020, 2021, like especially during the pandemic. There were people who were making a lot of money playing this game. And so Axie, Axie Infinity is a uh, blockchain gamified, and it was a play-to-earn game. Uh, you play, you win game, you win matches, you earn tokens, and you can sell these tokens on the open market. And it was huge. Like they were just, they were it for a while. I mean, there was people in the Philippines that were doing this as like a full-time job. Yeah. Um, and then they just started running into problem after problem. There was a big hack. It just, okay, let's just put this in perspective. So when I covered this in um, February, they were ranked 39. The price of an AXS, uh, was it, which is their governance token, right? It was $66. Mm-hmm. market cap 4 billion today that same price is six dollars and 66 cents market cap 600 million Oof, down 95 percent. that's harsh yeah so there you go and then they had another token it was the slp which stood for smooth love potion mm. which is used to, so the actually an affinity like you you mate these little x co-ax- coaxiatles Actually, yeah. I was, yeah. yeah, I don't
1: remember how they're they're pronounced, but they're very cute.
0: Yeah, they're, really, they're it's actually a real animal. There's this weird like animal, you can look them up. And so you make these things and they have different traits. And then those traits create more traits and you can sell these things. And so but if you want to get these two uh, mm-hmm. virtual animals to get it on, you got to get them some smooth love potion, which is basically <laughs> like a digital malt liquor. And so you had to buy that, too. And in the beginning, the smooth love potion was about three cents. Uh, now it's about 0.002 so it's still worth something but i mean they went from a 90 million 100 million market cap to 90 million for that so people are still buying the smooth love potion i guess you know even in the down market people still want to get it on yeah
1: yeah interesting Yeah. yeah yeah the uh the whole DeFi gaming thing i think is still very early you know, so it it was fun to play around with it when people were experimenting with it. But I think we're still a good ways off from it becoming actually interesting, stable, all of that. And my friend who uh, is really into games, I tried to get him into some of these and he was like, nope, not interested. I was like, oh, like that. That should have been a pretty good signal that someone who is a hardcore
0: gamer, hardcore yeah. also entrepreneur was like, no, this doesn't make sense. Same thing happened to me. I mean, remember I was working on, um I was working on that uh, mobile game um in 2021 and the guy who was the head of the project, who's been making mobile games forever, like that's what he does. And I talked to him about it and he was like, I just don't get it. I don't believe it. He just like poo-pooed on it. And once again, you know, he was right. I think like the idea is there, but you know, once again, it's about supply and demand and it's really about like, you know how many people are playing and if the benefits are there if you're actually making money then everybody's into it but once you stop making money then you lose the community you lose the demand and no one wants the supply and it all falls apart so it has to be built on something stronger than um well i don't know i mean I guess if it's a play to earn it that's how it's, it has to be built the economies weren't structured well yeah that was a problem yeah i think if they can figure out the economics of these games in a way that will keep people interested and the economics of these games is all about the, the sink and the faucet, right? The faucet is where you get the tokens and the sink is where you spend the tokens to buy more shit and then you, you know, get more faucet. And so once they figure they fine tune those, um, the economics, maybe it could be big but it's gonna take a lot of work and it's gotta be very, very delicate. Yeah,
1: it is. Uh, my my cousin works in gaming and he actually works on some of these economies on games. And I just I just know how much work that they put into getting it right. So I couldn't picture, you know, a team of like, what was it, five guys or less, you know, figuring out a an economy like a virtual economy on their own and, and getting it right so uh you know i don't blame them too much i i do wish that they had succeeded but uh we'll see how that goes yep. um all right so next one this one i'm actually very excited about so the next one i covered was phantom mm-hmm. so this is a fast layer one solution it's a competitor to both solana and avalanche And its claim to fame was it had a one-second time to finality, which is really fast. Uh, Andre Cronier was the architecture advisor at the time. So that was like a big trust signal um, because he has over 20 years of experience in this space. But since then, he had left the project. So that was kind of interesting. That's like, oh, okay, here's my trust signal I'm going to buy based on all these things. And then one of those just leaves the project. I was like, "Uh oh!" Interestingly enough, he recently came back. Uh, so I always do. He, yes, so he came back uh, specifically to help out with Phantom. Uh, you know, during this like market downturn, mm-hmm. um, and Phantom did have some struggles. Uh, a big investor, which was also another trust signal for me, was this company called Alameda Research. Have you heard of this company?
0: Hmm, sounds familiar. Don't they sell water?
1: No, they don't. They sell fraud.
0: Mmm. Yeah. I like some fraud. Delicious.
1: <laughs> yeah. So Alameda Research is the uh company that basically led to the FTX collapse. It's oh
0: yeah, I know. It was
1: ran by Sam Bankman Freed, yada yada Ooh. yada, all of that. <laughs> so um so I was concerned it because it fried? why is it
0: freed? It shouldn't be fried. Well, now they
1: call him uh Sam Bankman fraud. Ooh,
0: yeah. <laughs> kind of like um, Bernie Madoff with your money.
1: <laughs> uh, yep, there you go. <laughs> so yeah, so I was concerned. I was like, oh no, has Phantom just completely collapsed because of that? But they haven't. Uh, I brought you Phantom when it was relatively young. So mm-hmm. when I brought Phantom to this show, it was trading at 32 cents yeah. per token. Mm-hmm. At its peak, it went up to $3.30. You could have 10X'd your money. Sweet. Yeah. Now, however, it's at 19 cents. So it's a little little bit lower than uh, what we brought it to you. It's still market rank number 61. And it actually has a lot of... I was like, 61, that's pretty impressive. Uh, It has a lot going for it. I am very bullish on this. Because, get this. Mm -hmm. Phantom is actually cash flow positive. Wow. In this market, in this market, Phantom is cash flow positive. Uh, They are bringing in $10 million of annual revenue. And they also have allegedly $450 million in its treasury. Um, This hasn't been confirmed. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But Andre Cronier says that he expects Phantom's uh, coffers to last them another 30 years without them having to touch their years. Yeah, their their phantom stash. So they're they're running a company the way a company should be run. Like they are building things, but they are also, you know, taking in revenue and being responsible mm. and not getting too crazy with it. Uh they also had a recent update which I thought was really, really interesting. They're actually going to be taking kind of this YouTube Twitch approach. Uh, to rewarding their creators. So they mm-hmm. call this a gas monetization program. And basically they're going to cut their burn rate of the Phantom token from 20% to 5%, meaning they're not going to burn as many tokens. And instead they're going to take those tokens and they're actually going to reward them to developers who build yeah. on Phantom. So the they have some like actual, uh, you know, controls of what you need to do. You have to bring... You have to create something on the phantom network that has more than 1 million transactions. So it's kind of similar to YouTube, right? Like Mm -hmm. when you hit a certain threshold on YouTube, YouTube will actually start giving you some of the ad dollars that they're making to encourage you to keep making more videos, keep making more content. So it's the exact same thing, but for the phantom network.
0: Yeah, no, that's cool, man. Um, I think that's a good idea. I mean, right. You know, it's really about building community and getting like long-term people interested in the project. And, you know, one of the things we've seen this last year is like, who isn't really running a, like a good business, you know, and they've failed uh, and Warren Buffett had a great quote during the um, financial crisis. He said, you never know who's swimming naked until the tide goes out. Yes. And so the tide went out this year and a lot of people got caught with their pants down. And it's nice to see companies like this that have been, you know, sound fundamentally good use case good product good leadership and that's what happens i mean this happened like during the first dot dot-com boom. you know there was all this hype these companies dot com this dot com that and then as soon as the market the bottom fell out they all got washed away and what was left was the real players and a strong network and i think we're seeing that this year and maybe into next year but what happens after this is going to be great for the community so good stuff phantom yeah I'm, i'm excited on it I'm gonna get into Phantom. <laughs> um, I, that uh, episode I did Cardano, which is still a player. Um, you know they're a proof of stake blockchain with uh, smart contracts. Uh, they have good leadership. Charles Hoskinson, Hoskinson son, uh, co-founder was like he's a mathematician. He was teaching uh, courses on Bitcoin back in 2013. So, you know they're one of these uh. Projects that are slow and methodical, which I like. And they've had some some different releases this year. Um, I forget the names of them. I didn't go back and look, but they had some upgrades, some updates, that sort of thing. So they've been doing stuff. And they've been staying in the top 10. I mean, they're ranked, they're ranked number seven when I covered this back in February. Um, they're ranked number nine. Uh, their price has gone down by almost like, well, they're down 91% over the year, which I think mm. still is Cardano's on sale. Uh, but once again, we're talking about a, a project that has good leadership and a sound project. And I think they're going to weather the storm and they're going to be a player too. So I'm still very bullish on Cardano. Really? I I
1: would think that you would change your mind on Cardano because like, remember the last time we talked about them, we're like, oh, they're not really like innovating or doing stuff like fast as everybody else.
0: Like, what, what are your thoughts there? Well, here's the thing. I don't, I'm not interested in fast innovation anymore. I'm interested in the people who are staying in the top 10, still innovating. They might not talk a lot, but they're the kind of people who, you know, they, they walk softly and carry a big stick. And I think one of these days, they're just going to slam people over the head with it. And you'll be like, holy crap, Cardano. Mm. Thank you. And so I, I still believe in them. Um, and, and I, I think that, that all their stuff is like peer reviewed. They go through this process. I mean, it's just how can you not succeed? So or at least stick around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think at 90, you know, down 91%. I think Cardano is a good buy right now. Interesting. That's uh, not investment I... advice. That's just my opinion, everybody. I still think they're going to be a player.
1: Yeah, I, I am less bullish on Cardano simply because uh, I don't think, I think crypto really does, it's similar to venture capital where it's like, you got to go, you gotta move fast. You know, it's, yes, you can be safe and cautious and like build it correctly. But in a lot of cases, the people who just build it the quickest and then figure
0: it out after tend to prosper in this space. That's my opinion. Well, People said the same thing about Jeff Bezos and Amazon. Now look at him. That's true. That's true. For a long time, investors were like, when are you going to make money, Bezos? This is bullshit. (laughs) I'm tired of you selling books. And then now look, he owns the world practically. I mean, how many people buy stuff on Amazon every day? I know I do, and I don't even want to, and I can't help myself. Boom. There you go. You know, there's always going to be a place for smart people who take their time i'm not saying it's going to be them but history has shown us that there is a place for people like that to win
1: yeah yeah anyway. well said all right uh next uh i i had urine finance and polka dot but there weren't really many updates on either one of those um they're just kind of like you know riding out the crypto market so the next one that i wanted to cover was actually ave Um, So Aave was one where it basically lets you get loans on your crypto. So, for example, if you put in $100, it lends you $50. So there are collateralized loans. And the interesting thing is I thought that especially in this like this market where people are struggling, I wasn't sure how Aave would be performing, but they're actually doing pretty well. Despite this changing market, they're still ranked number 45 so in the top 50 really impressive and they've um they're launching this thing called v3 which basically gives people more granular controls to help users during these volatile markets so they understood during v1 it was like a very prosperous market it was like a bull market to the max and so they didn't need people didn't need that sophisticated loans then when crypto started kind of like wavering they launched v2 which basically gave you more control more options for what kind of loans you take out how you take them out for how long and now they have v3 which is even more ratcheting it down um so i really like that i like that they're kind of they understand that their platform needs to keep up with what the market is and what users actually need and yeah. so they keep upgrading it which i like Uh, And then also in November, literally a few weeks ago, they acquired this company called Sonar, which is this San Francisco based metaverse developer um, where players can build their own worlds and interact with user created spaces using NFTs. So they're trying to expand beyond just being like a lending platform. So I think it's interesting the fact that they can purchase another company even during this like very bearish market, I think is a, a good signal.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've been, you know, watching Ave, it's on my watch list and they've actually, you know, had some gains this year. And every time I looked at them, I'm like, I gotta buy some Ave, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's cool. Uh, they're definitely one of those, uh, projects that seems to have just kind of hung around and, and had, had some success this last year. Yep. Um, you know, I covered lucky block, uh, and that was a, <laughs> it was like a, cause it was a lottery, uh, platform a, pl- a blockchain based lottery platform so uh, anyway everybody, you buy the tokens and you get a chance to win and it starts over and then there's like a big pot it's just like how a lottery works but on blockchain uh, you know not, not much has happened with them they've launched like a v1 and then a v2 and who knows what's going on with them now mm-hmm. uh, so i'm going to move past that uh to cover to talk about waves which i covered at the same time you did abe and Waves was a, a multi-purpose blockchain that was supposed to support uh, decentralized apps and smart contracts. A lot of different stuff going on. This year has been really rough for them. Uh, mm-hmm. They were ranked number 43 um back in March. Now they're ranked number 125. Mm-hmm. They had a two billion dollar market cap back then. Now it's 168 million.
1: Ooh. Oh
0: now
1: 98%. That's really that's basically a hundred percent
0: yeah i mean we're being generous here uh you know but yeah i mean i looked at the chart today i was like that's ugly yep that's ugly um i didn't buy any waves, thank god but um yeah you know i'll have to dig in more to see exactly what happened with them but um it looks like their uh blockchain isn't supporting anything right now it's on Mm -hmm. welfare ah
1: okay interesting there we go Hey, you win some, you lose some. You know, we all
0: they all can't be winners.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Um, cool. So the next one that I covered is actually one of the, my favorite cryptocurrencies that I covered on this podcast because it was a real life use case for blockchain technology, crypto, etc. This one was Audius.
0: Oh yeah, so, I remember Audius.
1: Yeah, Audius is basically like a Spotify but with some crypto and blockchain in it. So it essentially rewards both the listeners and the creators of music and tries to take out that middleman that, you know, the music industry has. So it tries to connect the artists who can then sell their music or anything like that directly to the listeners and the listeners can get rewards for supporting artists. So like, say you're a diehard, you know, fan of this band, Like you actually get rewarded in cryptocurrency or little freebies, stuff like that uh, for being such a hardcore lover of that band. Uh, When I covered them, their market rank was 110. Now their market rank is 153. So that was like a little bit of, oh, that sucks. However, they recently hit 7.5 million users on the platform which is quite a lot in the crypto space, mm-hmm. 7.5 million users is a lot. Um, so they hit that three months ago, which is really good. Uh, they also acquired this company called soundstage two months ago. Uh, and this company provides virtual concerts. So mm-hmm. Audius is going to try and get into the concert space and do virtual concerts. Okay. It's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I like the, the real world use case and you know, it's really all about like how many people are into this, the blockchain community to see them grow. And so they can hang around until we get to like 25, 30%, maybe adoption at some day. And they have already have this network and this, the artists on their, on their platform. They're going to be huge.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh,
1: I I was going to say, so I don't think they even have to wait until the blockchain community grows because they are trying to make this so that it's not like this nerd fest of like, oh, I need to know how to use blockchain to use this. Like they're right. trying to make it mainstream. Um, one thing that that just happened recently is they're integrating Stripe to allow people to use their platform using fiat currency. So uh, you you can basically like just, you don't have to go to Coinbase, yeah. buy the Audius token, transfer it to the wallet, turn it. You can literally just use the platform here's my credit card, boom, bought some tokens, bought some music. Like you actually just get to use it so much more freely and easily.
0: Yeah. And I like that too, because we talked about like, you know, in the beginning that, you know, eventually, you know, blockchain technology is just something that's going to be running in the background of most companies, most tech companies. And you know what I mean? It's not even something you talk about. It's just what they do. And I think this is a step in that direction where, you know, you're giving someone the same experience that they would with fiat, but just blockchain technology. of running the show and so i think that's you made a good point about you know bridging that gap to the point where there's people don't even recognize they bridge the gap yeah and i think that's that's huge and more companies that do that are going to be really successful
1: yeah yeah so i'm excited for audius
0: cool yeah audius was great man um you know on the other side of that i covered theta which was a blockchain powered video streaming network yes theta so let's see how theta did this year actually not that bad well uh, i mean they're ranked 45 when we covered it they're ranked 49 now uh they had a two billion dollar market cap now it's down to 741 million respectable mm-hmm. um but they're down 95 percent. i mean yeah
1: that's not yeah oh what is their um remind me what they actually do in terms of uh how it's used what it's used for et cetera. Et cetera.
0: yeah so they have the only end-to-end uh infrastructure for decentralized video streaming
1: mm, okay
0: and so viewers get rewarded um so people will create videos and then viewers get rewarded with better quality streaming service um content creators improve their earnings uh, video platforms save money on building infrastructure, increase ad subscription revenue. So it was really just about a, a better way to stream videos. Mm, nice. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, next one for me here is sushi. So uh, uh, yeah. sushi is the native token of the exchange sushi swap, and I think that this one is actually pretty relevant considering what happened with FTX. So for those who aren't familiar. FTX is a centralized exchange, uh, meaning that, you know, it is a company, a company owns it. When said CEO of the company screws up and loses everybody's money, you know, it really mm-hmm. sucks. A decentralized exchange is one that runs, you know, autonomously, you know, on the clouds, decentralized, all of that. Uh, so Sushi Swap is intended to be an easier version to use than Uniswap. So having better UX, UI, which I know that you're into. Um, And when I covered it, its market rank was number 142. And I remember that my Sushi token just like took a giant dive. I was like, oh, God, like I shouldn't have bought this. This was a bad idea. Mm -hmm. It is now market rank 109. It has climbed almost 40 spots.
0: People are getting off centralized exchanges.
1: Exactly. So uh, it has improved in terms of market rank. The CEO, however, said that they lost $30 million this year on their incentives program. And I think this is a bad decision in my opinion. But he basically said he's proposing that all the staking fees go to their treasury for the full year next year. So in order to make up this deficit of money that they, you know, gave out as incentives, they're basically gonna take away people's staking rewards. Mm. So instead of people staking sushi and getting rewarded for it, he's saying, Hey, you stake sushi, you get nothing. We we put it in our pockets, you know, just to get back on track. So it's kind of trying to be fiscally responsible,
0: but I could see this possibly backfiring. Yeah. okay i mean i guess we'll just have to see we'll have to come back to that one next year around this time i am not buying any more virtual
1: sushi the only sushi i'll be buying is gonna be yeah
0: that fatty tuna yeah yeah um i think i did totem around that time which was the uh the it was a they were trying to create a single operating system for web3 tools Mm-hmm. So think of an OS where you go in and you have all your Web3 tools, your NFTs, the stuff you're building, everything in one place. Think Mac OS, but for Web3 tools. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually pretty hyped about this. Uh, my cousin, um, who's been into crypto for a while, he, he moderates a uh, crypto um, uh, chat room or something. I forget what he does. But anyway, he told me about this one and uh, I was kind of excited about it. We talked and uh, it's actually... You know, it's moved down a couple of ranks. It was at 45. Now it's at 49. Um, oh, excuse me. Sorry. They were at, um, sorry, 4,619 <laughs> when, when I talked about it. I was looking at it for some different information here. Um, they moved down a little bit. Now they're at 6,785. Okay. So not looking too hot. Um, their market cap was hundred, $28 million when uh, we covered this one it's at 163 thousand dollars now
1: oh my god it's not even in the millions
0: yeah no they're not down it says down 99 but we'll just round up to call it 100 yeah yeah oh my god this is is a fail i don't know what happened to them i'll have to do a little bit more research into it um once again yeah i I didn't really i was just looking at a rank and market cap and price but yeah 99 dude they're basically i think they're busted
1: yeah. Yeah. I think part of this is also I remember that you were covering really ambitious projects where you're like, this is going to change the world. And so, like, you know, those, those are loon shots. They either do change the world or they go to zero.
0: Yeah. I was I was looking at like like edge cases. People are doing something different. It wasn't just like, oh, we got a blockchain that's going to make things faster. I was like, OK, what are people doing? that's kind of innovative. And, you know, with innovation, there's a higher probability of failure, but, you know, you need those innovators to show you what not to do (laughs) and also give you some good ideas for people who want to pick up where they left off. I mean, you have to have it. I mean, you know, the patent office is full of of inventions that go nowhere, but, you know, you need that. It's part of the whole, it's part of the, uh, the um, continuum. Yeah, so, but yeah, this is definitely one that I'm glad I didn't buy um into. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's good. That's good. Awesome. Uh next one that I covered is remember when
0: I bought some sand? Oh yeah, dude. I would try to sell you some, uh, some ice too, I think at the same time. <laughs> and I, I was like, no, thanks. I'm full of
1: sand. Uh, yeah, I remember when I bought sand, it was pretty funny to tell my friends, oh, I bought this sand. I think it's going to go up, guys. Um, so sand is the native token of one of the biggest metaverses, the sandbox. Mm-hmm. And I actually played in the sandbox. So I downloaded the sandbox. It was in alpha. We weren't even in beta stage yet. So this was alpha. I played around in it, did some of the quests and stuff, and that was pretty fun. I attended a Snoop Dogg concert, if you remember <laughs> that. Yeah, I didn't get mugged. <laughs> I did not get mugged at this at the Snoop Dogg concert. It was a very safe space for my little digital avatar. Um, when I covered sands, kind of metaverses were being hyped. It was kind of yeah. at the peak of their of their metaversiness. Um, they were ranked sandbox was ranked number 40 and now it is ranked number 52. So it's dropped a little bit, but it hasn't crashed by any means. Um, I looked up what they've been up to since then, and actually they are trying to expand. They're still um, in beta, still building. Um, the most notable partnership is they uh, did a partnership with Forbes. Who will be using the sandbox for their metaverse hub? So Forbes apparently is building an interactive multiplayer metaverse experience, and they're going to be using the sandbox. So that you know, yeah. So it's it's
0: still, exciting. <laughs> yeah. Bunch you of can... guys in ascots hanging around, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're so... Thorpe
1: so yeah so sandbox has a lot going for it they've partnered with the walking dead with snoop dog with atari i think it's just they're still building so i think the sandbox it's too soon to call um i do think that they could turn into something big but it's a little bit early
0: yeah if if all else fails maybe zuckerberg will buy them yeah yeah um okay uh i Covered cala, I think, around that same time. Um, if you remember correctly, this was an all-in-one um, network that was just focused on DeFi apps. Yep. That, that was their whole thing. And they were powered uh, by the Polkadot blockchain, or parachain, excuse me, the Polkadot parachain. Mm-hmm. So their whole thing was like, we're going to build this network to just focus on DeFi apps. We'll give everybody all the tools who want to build DeFi apps. It was DeFi, DeFi, DeFi. Okay, so... Now, Acala, they were ranked 119, down to 261. $500 million market cap, down to 68 million, 90% down over the year.
1: Oh my God, Brian, I, I'm glad you're not a financial advisor here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but This isn't finance, this is crypto. Yes. <laughs> true. True. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. It's uh. Yeah. It was a tough, tough year for Akala. But once again, you know, these DeFi apps are subject to market forces. Yeah. And with the value of everything it reflects on on projects like this. It's those projects that we talk about that are reaching outside of the crypto community. They're actually building something a little more sustainable. So that's where Akala is at.
1: Yeah. What else well, we got? i i will make you feel better brian i know i've been ragging on you for bringing us all these duds i have brought us arguably the biggest dud Ooh, of all time real of, yes uh-huh. have you heard of Terra luna ah uh, yes that turd yes <laughs> i i brought us Terra luna literally like i think it was like a month or two before the collapse and i was like hey check this out this is really <laughs> good Yeah, So uh, for those that don't know or might not have heard, although I'm sure all of you guys have heard this, uh, Terra Luna was an algorithmic stable coin that basically was supposed to be pegged to the U.S. dollar. It did this through this fancy algorithm that no one really understood, but it was working for a long time. And then at one point, it basically crashed the entire crypto market. So Crypto Winter as we are in it now, started because of this event. And this led to Do Kwon, who was the founder of it. He had to flee, you know, like for his safety. Um, and Terra Luna went to actual zero dollars for all intents and purposes. Yeah, so- Huge, huge crash. I brought it to you guys. I hope you didn't buy any Terra Luna. Um, I didn't buy any Terra Luna because I didn't really find what the use of it was, other than hey, it's like a digital dollar. Um, but you know what's crazy, Brian? Terra Luna is still
0: alive. I know they've launched like a new token that people are like, oh, maybe i want to buy some. And you know <laughs> what, Ted? You can't polish a turd. Why would you even buy into that? here here's why
1: here's why so they they've done some interesting things so they they relaunched in in on may 27th and they basically took a snapshot of all the terra balances prior to the crash they took this snapshot on may 7th and they airdropped all the holders uh kind of equal ratio of tokens um they removed the entire stable coin thing hmm. New Terra Luna is not a stable coin. It's not trying to be a stable coin. They were like, hey, that was interesting. But you know what? Like it failed. It doesn't work. So they removed that completely. And now they're just focused on continuing to build the decentralized app ecosystem that was built on Terra Luna. So there were all these projects that were using Terra Luna. And essentially, if you let Terra Luna just die and collapse, all of that work would have been wasted because... There'd be no Terra Luna to make Mm -hmm. any of those decentralized apps work. Um, So that is the point of Terra Luna now. It's just to keep those apps running, to keep developing none of this stable coin, you know, ambitions. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's also something that I think is important is it's fully community owned now. So there's no more Terra Foundation ownership of the tokens, all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, That being said, it was market rank number eight Okay, it was in the top 10 it was number eight
0: yeah,
1: it, was. Is, it is now number 128 so yeah. it hasn't really restored faith you know in everybody but 128 like it could maybe make a comeback so we'll yeah. see
0: there's always Bill kwanzaa involved you know yeah yeah tara luna man that was a whew,
1: that was i a apologize part. i apologize
0: yeah yeah that's all right i mean, <laughs> well you know now that we've talked about uh, that bomb, I'll talk about something that actually has done pretty well. Ooh, yes, please do. A, and this is, this, is, this is kind of obvious. Um, PAX Gold. And if you remember correctly, this was a, a crypto project where you would buy the PAX Gold coin that was pegged to actual real world gold supplies. It was in a vault. It was inspected by gold authorities. They had they did an audit every month to make sure there was enough gold in there that reflected like the one to one parity. Yep. Very above board. Um, they had some amazing people like on on their board who were like um, financial regulators, um, senators, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. If you remember correctly, um, it was ranked one hundred and three when we first started talking about it. Sixty five now.
1: Wow, that's big. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, the market cap has gone down a little bit. It was at 620 million. Now it's down to 489 million. But that reflects the overall market. Um, it's only down 0.03% over a year. Wow. And that's that's gold, man. Always gold's always going to be a good investment. And so I think, like, you know, honestly, like, it's not it's not where I would put my money for I'm trying to make big gains. But if you talk if you want stability and safety. Pax Gold, man, I like it. Did you buy? Hedge. Did you buy Pax Gold? I actually didn't buy any. Um, I wish I would have now. But I guess <laughs> like, you know, if it's down point zero three percent, then that's definitely outpaced the rate of inflation. Mm-hmm. So there you go. I mean, it, it's that's a good inflation hedge, and I think next year I'll probably start buying more Pax Gold. Interesting.
1: I like it. I might join you in that. I think it'd be good just. Man. I want to own, I'm all about owning virtual things. I own virtual sand. Yeah, you know why own some virtual gold? Why yeah, not? Get a virtual gold tooth. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Very cool. I like that. Um, the next one that I have is has been controversial recently. This is like hot off the press controversy. Next one that I have is ApeCoin. Yeah. So, ApeCoin is the coin for the Board Ape Yacht Club. It's mm-hmm. for their metaverse. Um, this was basically uh, the way that you would pay for stuff in the Board Ape Yacht Club metaverse. Um, it was market rank number 31. Now it is market rank number 32. Ooh. Only dropped one slot. However, however, dear Brian, mm-hmm. there is a class action lawsuit.
0: I heard about
1: it. Yes. There is a class action lawsuit against the celebrities who were hyping the Bored Ape Yacht Club. Some of these celebrities you might have heard of. We have Gwyneth Paltrow, Mm. Justin Bieber, Serena Williams, Madonna, (laughs) Paris Hilton, Kevin Hart, and Jimmy Fallon.
0: They were all hyping the ape coins?
1: They were all hyping the board, not the ape coin per se, but the board ape yacht club. They're like, "I'm part of the board ape yacht club. It's so great." So this class action lawsuit is uh, against them for promoting this uh, in order to make financial gains. Um, even on the Tonight Show segment, uh, apparently, when Jimmy Fallon like shared it on the Tonight Show segment, um, it was actually a paid promotion which they did not disclose. It was a paid promotion Mm -hmm. for Board Ape Yacht Club and for Moon Pay.
0: Yeah, I got to disclose that. Especially if you're on a talk show and you got to just bring it up like in conversation. Come on.
1: Exactly. So um,
0: here has taught us it's don't listen to celebrities when they try to push a crypto on you.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to kind of take a opposite approach to crypto. It's basically if a celebrity like endorses it, I'm going to probably run away. (laughs) Yeah, run away.
0: Run away, <laughs> yeah. dude.
1: Yeah. So, okay. it, really interesting. Really interesting. We'll see what comes of the class action lawsuit. Maybe nothing will come of it, but it is still good to know that, you know, at least someone is keeping tabs on this stuff.
0: Yeah, man. Well, also, I think it's just kind of a feeding frenzy that you see other celebrities getting sued. I mean, I mean, who, what lawyer wouldn't want to pick a target like that celebrity list? I mean, granted, yes, if you are pushing something and you're not disclosing that you're getting paid to do it, yeah, you you cross the line. But I think, you know, anybody who's been promoting these crypto um, uh, projects, who's a celebrity is going to be a target. Yep. And so, yeah. Um, All right, let's see what we got here. That's boring. (laughs) Uh, It's boring. Uh, Harmony.
1: Oh, yes. Tell me.
0: Yeah, Harmony. Um, That was one that we covered pretty early on. Um, they're San Francisco-based. Uh, we actually talked to some people who were kind of involved with Harmony at the Consensus uh, conference. Uh, it's a blockchain designed to help the creation and use of decentralized apps. We've heard that before. Um, You know, they've been... I feel like they've been in the media. I don't know. I, I keep seeing them kind of like here and there for stories. Uh, when we covered them, they were ranked 100. They fall a little bit from grace. They're at 131 now. Their market cap was 300,000, or sorry, 300 million. Um, it's been cut in half. They're at 149 million. Down 94% over the year.
1: That's no bueno. That's not harmony. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. All right. I'm going to start going a little bit quicker here. I'm going to yeah. start going yeah. a little bit more rapid fire, because oh, I think good. for some of these... Uh, We covered them more recently, so a little bit less to say. But the next one I covered was Chia. This basically allowed you to use hard drive space to verify transactions. So it's called proof of storage. It Mm. was ranked at number 169, and now it's at 122. Their whole claim is that they are greener as a blockchain because, uh, you know, it's using storage as opposed to the electricity thirsty Bitcoin and Ethereum. Two things that I think are kind of going against Chia. Ethereum had its giant upgrade from proof of work to proof of stake, which reduced its energy usage by 95%. And then also after I covered this, I found out that Chia actually eats up your hard drives. So it actually like damages them and eventually destroys them. So there's all these hard drives that are going to be hitting landfills. Uh, so i don't know if it's as green a proposition as they made it out to be
0: sounds pretty brown if you ask me yes <laughs> okay uh well it's another like well I, I bitcoin was the next one on my list but we all know where that's doing so we're not going to yes. cover that one um actually, i actually have a project that actually moved up rank this last year Ooh, um, monero which was launched to allow anonymous and private transactions also known as the money laundering <laughs> protocol. <laughs> that <laughs> one's up and up. Interesting. Yeah, apparently people want to hide their ill-gotten gains ever since the FTX collapse. Uh, but no, it's it's actually doing pretty well. I mean, it was at 26. It's at 23 now. Uh, it was at 2.5 billion. Now it's at, I'm sorry, it was at 2.7 billion. Now it's at 2.5. It's only down 22% over the year.
1: That's really good. Yeah.
0: So um. criminals will always need a place to wash their money and it's like it you know it's like betting in the um in the rackets people are always going to want to gamble people always want booze and 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 company from the middle of the night so there we go Monero yeah I I feel like Monero's
1: tagline should be the laundromat of crypto (laughs) and then like get your crypto cleaned here (laughs) don't stay dirty interesting all right next one that i have here is Kronos. so mm-hmm. Kronos is the native token of the exchange crypto.com and mm-hmm. i was curious about this one because when ftx collapsed i was wondering ooh, does that mean that other exchanges are getting more business uh it turns out cro- crypto.com is not doing quite as well so they were ranked number 19 and now they're ranked number 28 so a little bit of a fall mm-hmm. uh three days ago though this is interesting literally three days ago they launched a metaverse they launched their own metaverse called main city which is like the lion main you know uh, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah yeah which is their like uh their logo um and it's get this it's a tycoon simulator featuring the most fabulous felines on the blockchain
0: sounds horrible
1: <laughs> i think it's fun i like that they're keeping it light they're not like uh, our metaverse is gonna you know revolutionize the world. They're like, hey guys, it's a tycoon simulator come buy some land, have some fun. I think they're keeping it pretty light. so I, I give them a pass on that.
0: yeah people I mean all right okay, I'll give them a pass too. I just it's kind of it, it seems kind of corny and gimmicky and you know I think Metaverse is this is the kind of the, the soup du jour these days <laughs> and you know you could put that in, in any tagline or any marketing um collateral and yay. Hey. um yeah for me i don't know man i did synthetics they didn't really not much really happened with them um polymath and not much change there too i think i'm i think i've covered all the the big movers and shakers this time around do you got anything else i like it i i have two more for you so i have Really four more, but like
1: two of them haven't really done anything. So DAI, which is a stable coin, hasn't really Mm. moved much. Tezos, which is also another altcoin, hasn't really moved that much. Um, But there are two interesting ones. So Filecoin.
0: Oh, yeah, I like that one.
1: Yeah. Filecoin is a distributed, um, it's distributed storage for data. And it's basically instead of like putting all your data in like Google's cloud or Amazon's cloud, let's make it decentralized. So good use case. Mm-hmm. Um, it had 82% growth in network usage in wow. in Q3. So it grew a lot. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty promising. But literally like a couple weeks ago, this new thing called Zeus launched. It's spelled Z-U-S. And it's basically uh, this company called O-Chain, which was already a decentralized storage provider, announced this new network called Zeus. And basically Zeus is able to match the performance of Amazon web services. Oh, wow. Which Filecoin and IPFS can't because they're good for like archival storage, like you want to store something for a long time versus uh, Zeus is more about having faster transaction speeds, Um, and it does this through parallel architecture so it has the benefits of better security, privacy, availability, and cost transparency. So I think I'm going to probably cover Zeus in a future episode to kind of compare the two. But mm. I thought it was interesting. I was like, oh, Filecoin's doing well. Uh-oh, competitor coming in.
0: Yeah. And, you know, Zeus is the uh, Greek god of the sky. So they won up him pretty big. They did. They're going to have would. to go above the substratosphere.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly so okay. that that is Filecoin, and then i will wrap up here yeah wrap it up man with one of your favorite cryptocurrencies. i love it do it i hate this cryptocurrency so much <laughs> and i can't get rid of it i'm talking about dogecoin
0: oh uh, the dozer
1: uh okay so Ooh. dogecoin is a meme coin it was just started for fun on reddit as a way to tip people the founder of Dogecoin doesn't even like cryptocurrency. He thinks it's all a joke. <laughs> but for some reason, Dogecoin just Super rich now, living on. <laughs> and I was like, I hope Dogecoin has crashed in crypto winter. When I presented on Dogecoin, it was ranked number 10. It's now number eight, Brian. <laughs> oh, my God. Why? Just, Why? Why? Just,
0: just buy in, man. Become the <laughs> sheep. Oh, uh, yeah. so yeah,
1: Dogecoin is now ranked market rank number eight, which is bonkers. Apparently, whales have recently started buying it.
0: Because of Elon Musk.
1: It's unclear why they're buying it. Like Elon.
0: They think he's going to wrap Dogecoin into some sort of Twitter interoperability where you get on Twitter, use Doge. It's all hype, man. People are are buying the rumor and they're going to sell the news. I, I guess so. I mean,
1: there are rumors that Elon... Musk, who owns Twitter, could make Dogecoin its native token, maybe? Yeah,
0: exactly. That's what I'm saying, man. Uh, what, every, every time Elon farts, Dogecoin goes up. Oh,
1: my God. Yeah. So, Dogecoin um, is how I will wrap up our recap here. It's number eight. It's
0: a tough way to wrap up the year, man.
1: uh Drives me crazy. Drives me crazy, but it's prospering. So, if you own Dogecoin, I'm happy yeah, for that. Good you. on you, man. Yeah. Good job. Good job. So, yeah. before we wrap this episode, Let's just and, and we wrap up 2022 quickly. Predictions for 2023 for the crypto market as a whole. Oh man. What do you think's gonna happen?
0: You know, it, it pains me to say this, but I think we're gonna be in for, you know, I'm like the groundhog that sees its shadow. I think we're in for another six months of crypto winter, at least. Um uh, maybe second half we might see some 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 rebirth, some renaissance. Mm. i don't know um yeah i don't think it's gonna get any better for a little while but you know once again this is opportunity time for people out there if you're interested if you see a project you like they've got sound p or maybe you just like their logo everything's on sale right now so i would say if you like it buy it but don't put your whole paycheck in save some for the kids and the, <laughs> the baby formula and the diapers but yep. honestly i think I kind of hope the crypto winner continues for a little bit longer because I want to keep buying in at these low prices. So for me, Mm -hmm. I'm winning either way. What's your uh, projections, predictions, and applications?
1: Yes, I, I like that. I agree with you in general. I think that the crypto market will follow the general market and the stock market. And if based on what I've been researching and listening to and reading is correct, right? Nobody can predict this exactly. But I think what will happen with crypto is it'll continue going down Q1 and Q2. Q3, it'll stabilize. Mm-hmm. Q4, there will be a little a little glimmer of hope, but still, it's not going to go up too mm-hmm. much. And I think 2024 Ooh. is when we will start recovering.
0: I like the sound of that. You know what? I'm going to start uh, stockpiling powder in my kegs down in the armory. Just just building up my supply, building, building. And then I'm going to unleash a, a cannon barrage that's going to make World War I look like a picnic.
1: I love it. I love it. Maybe the battle right. of
0: the Psalm times 100.
1: When you, are, when you are a crypto billionaire in 2024 or 25, you have to take everybody that listens to this show out for a steak dinner. How about that?
0: I'm changing my name and you never met me.
1: i like it of course stakes all around awesome love it all right guys thank you for joining us for this recap episode we will be taking a break for the holidays so we will be out around the christmas holiday new year's all of that and we will be catching you guys in early 2023 for another episode of crypto safari for all of you guys who have listened to us this year thank you so much we appreciate you If you have any questions, if you have any opinions about what we talked about today, remember, you can always write to us at questions at CryptoSafari.us, and we'll take your questions on the next episode.
0: Yeah. Happy holidays to everybody. Thanks for listening. And next year, we're going to go deeper into the crypto jungle. It's going to be even more of a safari. I would even call it a safari. This is going to be an expedition it's not even a safari safaris are like hey you hired some people you put the hat on you're out there this is going to be straight up bottom of the earth center of the world yeah we're going to go in deep deep dark places in crypto next year but it's going to be a lot of fun so yeah. join us
1: you you heard it here first brian is going to bring us the most obscure tokens next oh, man. year we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll see what happens so it's be all so right guys in. yeah thank you for listening and uh until next time adios happy 2023 Thank <music> you.